This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hi, I'm Erica Pandy, and welcome to Axios Recap, where we dig into one big story. It's Thursday, October 28th, and we're focused on childcare. There's a labor shortage plaguing many industries across the board, as millions of people left the workforce during the pandemic and millions more are leaving their jobs and switching careers. Child care centers are especially struggling to find candidates for open roles because these are typically low-wage and in-person jobs. A new report from Indeed says interest in child care jobs has gone down 15% since before the pandemic. And while working parents make up a third of the U.S. workforce, many can't find affordable child care or have seen their child care facility get shut down due to COVID. Meanwhile, schools, which are also a vital child care solution, are continuing to go back and forth with remote learning and in-person. And as a result, parents, especially mothers, are dealing with even more stress and losing even more work hours. How long will the pandemic affect working parents? In a moment, Northeastern University economics professor Alicia Modestino on the state of child care in America. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. And we're joined now by economics professor Alicia Modestino at Northeastern University on the state of the childcare industry. Hey, Alicia. Hi, it's nice to be here. So Alicia, you and I have chatted a lot about this in the last now almost two years. And I think putting this in context for our listeners is going to be a great thing. We've talked about the struggles working parents have gone through, but how much of the U.S. workforce do working parents represent? So childcare is really an important concern for a large share of the workforce, with about a third of the workforce, or 50 million workers, living with a child under the age of 14 in their household. And so that's typically any child under the age of 14 is one that we would assume would require some kind of supervision. And so there would be some kind of need for childcare in that household. So let's talk about those parents with school-age children first. Schools have opened up to varying extents. To what extent is childcare still a problem for those parents? Yeah, as much as you might think that school opening in person this year would make life easier, in some ways it's actually made life harder for working parents. And that's because of the possibilities for disruptions coming from whether or not your child contracts COVID, gets exposed to somebody with COVID, or even just has the sniffles. And so we don't know if it's COVID or something else until you get a negative COVID test, which is also not something easy to come by on the fly to get your kid back into school very quickly. And so whereas last year, a lot of learning was hybrid or even totally remote, 
parents at least knew what they were in for. They could manage around the times where their kids would need supervision. Now, parents don't know when their kids are going to be excluded from school because of any of these reasons, or even if the entire school gets shut down if there's a COVID outbreak. And so it's actually more difficult this year to be managing work and childcare than in previous times. And this week, some Ann Arbor schools actually that were in person went remote because they couldn't find enough teachers. Are parents dealing with this kind of issue too? Their kid being remote and then switching back to hybrid, then in person again, you know, this kind of flip-flopping? Well, just like every other part of the labor market right now, there's a shortage of workers in public education. So everything from early child care through the K through 12 schools. And so it's not even just having enough teachers and teachers being able to teach the remote students versus the in-person students. We're short on school bus drivers to be able to get kids to school. We're short on cafeteria workers to be able to prepare lunches for kids. And so there's a whole bunch of things that parents are having to manage, again, on their own with very little support and having to make it all work while trying to balance potentially a full-time job. According to an Indeed report out today, people aren't as interested in taking childcare jobs as they were before the pandemic. Interest in these jobs is actually down about 15%. How do we fix this crisis in early childhood care? Well, there's a couple things that we need to do. First of all, we have to recognize that this has largely been work that has been low wage with very few benefits, very demanding schedules, very physical and emotional intense labor that has largely fallen on women and women of color. And so it's been greatly undervalued and even has its historical roots in slavery where black women were expected to watch white women's children for free. And so it's no surprise that this is not the kind of job that people want to rush back to, even if they feel very devoted to improving the lives of children. So one of the things we need to do is increase pay in the sector, which is really difficult to do for childcare providers. And that's because childcare, it's a very labor intensive industry. Anyone who has tried to manage more than one, two or three toddlers would know that it would be really hard to change the teacher-child ratios to make this a more, you know, quote-unquote efficient kind of operation. It just doesn't work that way. And yet at the same time, child care providers have to constantly deal with families dropping in and out of care because childcare is so expensive that if you lose your job or if you get your hours cut back, right, you reduce your child care. And so there's a lot of variation month to month, even in the income that child care providers are bringing in to be able to pay wages. So what do we need to do? We really need to subsidize it like we do the public K through 12 system, right? So public K through 12 is compulsory. It's also state funded. And so some of the things that are in the Democrats' uh, social infrastructure bill are things that would support the childcare industry. So we can make sure that this is a job that's well paid, that has good working conditions, and that will then attract workers back into it. You said when we talked about this about a year ago for a story I wrote that the childcare industry needs an immediate bailout full stop. Have we seen the beginnings of that at all? Well, we did see an emergency bailout 
in one of the early packages that was passed with the Biden administration providing $50 billion in bailout for the child care providers themselves to dig themselves out of this hole so that they could stay in business. Because there are a lot of providers who lost a lot of income during the pandemic when kids were pulled out of daycare centers, daycare centers were shut down, and where ratios were cut in half because of the need to uh, have kids be socially distanced and have less density in the centers themselves. So I feel like there was... You you know, an emergency kind of band-aid or infusion of cash that helped keep some of these providers afloat, but really didn't even begin to touch the larger issues that we have faced over decades about why childcare is so expensive for parents and yet does not pay well for the daycare providers. And that is we really just need to stand up an entirely different childcare system, much like we did with healthcare. And we're talking about the issues that working parents are facing. To what extent are these burdens being shouldered by mothers versus fathers? Well, not surprisingly, most of the burden is falling on mothers. One example of this is a national survey that we did early on in the pandemic in May and June of 2020, when a lot of daycares and schools were shut down at the time. And we found at that time that among the women who became unemployed, 25% of them said that they lost their job solely because of childcare. So this is beyond being furloughed or having your employer go out of business or having, you know, your gig work being cut or your hours reduced. These are women who became unemployed solely because they lost their childcare, either through having a school closure um, or having a daycare shut down. And in comparison, for men, it was only 13%. So it was much less. Uh, so that's not to say that it doesn't um, affect men as well, but it's twice as likely to affect moms as it is for dads. And let's say some of these moms are able to go back to the workplace after taking time away for childcare. What hurdles do they face on that first day back and beyond? Sure. Well, I think right now we still face the uncertainty of when we might be pulled out of our jobs when kids are sent home from school or have to quarantine due to COVID. So there's that uncertainty. But reentering into the labor force after any period of time is difficult, right? We do know that the world moves on, that jobs change over time. And we've seen jobs change a lot during this pandemic. There's jobs that we thought couldn't be done remote that are entirely done remote. We've seen jobs change in terms of the skills that are required. And so as they're returning back to the workforce and the workplace, these women are going to have to adapt in terms of uh, the, the new skills they might need to learn on the job, as well as putting back into place some kind of stable child care, along with all of the other kinds of supports that are needed, transportation, how you're getting to work, and everything that goes with that. Is there any silver lining here? I mean, is the pandemic making government or employers pay attention to the struggles of working parents in the way that they weren't before? Well, you know, I would say that one silver lining for it dragging on 18, 19, 20 months now is that we have not been able to put the childcare issue to rest in the way that I think a lot of people would like to be able to put it in the rearview mirror. And so as much as it has been such a tremendous struggle for working parents and moms in particular, this is really forcing government and businesses and leaders to look at the childcare industry as a whole and to be able to fix it and build it back better than it was before. And so I think that for every day that this goes on and for every month that we get a jobs report where we're seeing more women dropping out of the labor market, the Biden administration and companies that are looking to fill jobs just cannot ignore this issue any longer. Alicia Modestino is an economist at Northeastern University. Thanks, Alicia. Thanks for having me. 
Welcome back. Here's another trend we're watching today. Hertz, the rental car company, is fighting its way back to relevance. Ride-sharing apps are changing the landscape of the car rental industry, but Hertz announced a few comeback strategies this week. Hertz will purchase 100,000 Tesla Model 3s by the end of 2022, the first step to moving into the electric car sector. The company will also partner with Uber, allowing 50,000 of the Tesla's purchase to be used exclusively by Uber drivers. And finally, Hertz struck a deal with Carvana, the used sales network. Through the deal, Carvana can unload their one- to two-year-old vehicles into Hertz's rental car rotation. This past summer, Hertz emerged from bankruptcy after the pandemic walloped the travel industry. So it sounds like they may be headed in a better direction. That's all for today. I'm Erica Pandy. Thanks for listening. And we're back tomorrow with another Axios Recap.